0: Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always got all the answers. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. Bing bong! It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin.
1: (laughs) Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Pui, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running things on the TV10 side. Happy to have you with us today as we... Uh In about a few minutes, we'll finish this segment a little early. We'll be joined by Paul Swan of ESPN 94 Huntington. He'll talk to us about Marshall University's new athletic director, 22nd athletic director in program history, and the ongoing lawsuit with Conference USA to get Marshall out early. Welcome you guys in here, Nick and Colin. Uh, We'll talk a little EPAC hoops, though, in this segment. Martinsburg fell to Wheeling Park in a uh, kind of – a game of runs there on Friday evening. A weird 5 p.m. start. They fall to 10 and 11 on the season. We'll still host Spring Mills in the Section One semifinal as the number two seed tomorrow night. That's a 7 p.m. contest. we Will be on the air at 6:30. Um, but obviously, that game, a game of runs. Nick Wheeling just Wheeling Park just seemed to come out in the second half and really put some things together.
2: Yeah, it started really with the second quarter. It was a great first quarter for Martinsburg, where they were up. Uh, 17 to 10 on Wheeling Park and it seemed like this team is executing at a really high level and you know I was sitting there thinking, this is the team that this is the way this team needs to play heading into you know sectionals and regionals. But then as the game went on, Martinsburg was forcing shots. Wheeling Park was able to get into its offense and move the ball around a lot and not allow the easy transition baskets. That the Bulldogs were really getting a lot of early on. And throughout the game, Martinsburg only shot about 30% from the floor. Uh, Wasn't a great shooting night. Kamari and Dow had a good game, 16 points, but besides him, there wasn't a whole lot of good offense or efficient offense uh, from the Bulldogs. And, you know, despite that, Martinsburg only loses, was it 60 to 52 in the final? So it wasn't like a bad loss in terms of final score, but it seemed like Martinsburg kind of got worse as the game went on, and as the game went on for Wheeling Park, they just continued to get better and played overall a really good game and got that win. So
1: Yeah, they really bounced back from that loss at Morgantown they had taken the other day. Uh, but another team in the panhandle finished the regular season on Friday. That were, was the Jefferson Cougars for the first time in program history, finishing undefeated at 20-0. and 0. And uh, beat Broadfording Christian Academy ninety-two to thirty-one. Uh, it wasn't really a game much. I think it was forty-something turnovers in that ball game. 61, 61 turnovers in that ball game uh, for Broadfording, and uh, and they lost. They by were still 61. without. I believe they were still without their leading scorer.
2: Yeah, I would guess so. I think it was a. I think it's like thirty-one to two after the first quarter yeah. or something crazy. Yeah, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson becomes the third team in epac history to finish the regular season undefeated so you know that's quite the accomplishment but neither of those teams that had done it before is washington and martinsburg i don't remember the exact years neither of them went on to win the state championship what are you doing over there avery <laughs> stop. stop hitting the table
1: man! stop hitting the table all right uh but they will be in action friday they're hosting the winner of muscle muscleman or muscleman hosting washington tomorrow number two number three there in section two Uh, They have a good chance to make a deep run in the state tournament as things get down the line. We'll talk a little bit about Shepard later on in the program. We'll have their game tonight, the women's game for the first round of the conference tournament, 6 p.m. contest, 5.30 pregame show. Uh, But we'll have sectional boys action tomorrow, Spring Mills at Martinsburg, the Region 2 final, one of the Region 2 finals for girls action, Washington at Spring Mills Wednesday and then on Friday, we'll have the boys' section final for Section 1 at Hedgesville. Uh, so it should be a good week here of basketball on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. When we come back in two minutes, we're joined by Paul Swan of ESPN 94.1 in Huntington to get us up to date on everything Marshall as they hired a new AD and are in the midst of a lawsuit to try to get a Conference USA a year early. Segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. We'll be back in two minutes. Bill
3: If you're in an accident, the first thing that you have to do is call 911.
2: You have to get medical care immediately. The next thing you need to do is call us. When you hire us at the Skinner Law Firm, what we do
4: is we are going to investigate your case. And we're going to lay out the options that you have,
2: all at no cost to you. We will use all of our resources and all of our experience to
3: get you what you deserve. That's what we mean by treating you like family.
5: Home helpers of the Eastern Panhandle making life easier for you, your family, and especially your loved ones that need their care. They are locally owned and searching for smiling faces to hire so that your loved one can stay in their home where they are the happiest. Call 304-433-8000 or visit homehelpershomecare.com slash panhandle. Or you can visit them at 3192 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Each office is independently owned and operated.
0: You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
1: Had to get this guy his proper walk up music. Uh, we're now joined on the phone by Paul Swan of ESPN 94.1 in Huntington. Covers the Marshall Thundering Herd. Was at the press conference on Friday, the introductory press conference for Marshall's new AD, Christian Spears. And uh, he's talked a lot of uh, lawsuit topics this week, uh, last week, as Marshall in a lawsuit with Conference USA to try to get out early. Uh, welcome to the program, Paul Swan, Nick and I's old internship boss back in Huntington. How you doing today, Paul?
4: I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Uh, I'm on speakerphone. Sorry. Oh. Connected, so if this is a bad connection. I apologize. No, we're good. But, uh, you
1: lost you for one you know, second, I'm glad but we're good. i to
4: be good.
1: back with you guys. All right. So you were there on Friday, able to uh, not only watch the press conference, but talk with uh, the new AD, Christian Spears. Obviously, a lot going on in the martial athletics realm right now. But what are your initial takeaways from his press conference?
4: He's, he is charismatic. That is one thing is for certain. He is charismatic. Uh, he likes to uh, engage with people. Uh, that's going to play. Uh, that's going to play well with the Marshall crowd. That's going to pay off for him if he's engaging with people because, yeah, I think that's one thing that a lot of herd fans, you know, boosters, donors, all want is that type of engagement. Uh, you've seen that. Uh, the more successful coaches are the more engaging coaches, and I think he's got the personality and he's capable of doing that.
2: And Paul, I know a big thing that people were frustrated with toward the end of the uh Mike Hamrick era was the baseball stadium and not a whole lot of movement on that. Now a lot of that might have had to do with COVID, but do you think uh with Christian Spears' his background he can get this done because I know he's got a lot of background in uh like moving or making new stadiums and stuff like that.
4: He's a fundraiser. I think that's what you're looking for. He is someone that is able to go out, fundraise. Now, he's going to find out real quick that that might be a little harder to do at Marshall than it is, say, at Pitt. You've got a passionate fan base, but do you have a passionate fan base with the economic ability to donate, to give? So he's going to have to find new revenue streams. He's going to have to find ways to engage the fan base more, the donor base, create a, a larger donor base. So he's going to have his work cut out for him. But at the same time, he's got a background in that. And I think in modern athletics, if you don't have that background these days, you know, you're know you not going to thrive in this fast-paced world.
5: Colin McLaughlin here. Great to have you on with us this afternoon. Uh, The baseball stadium's been, location-wise, it sounds like, moved around a lot. What's the uh, latest update that you've heard?
4: It's been quiet on that front. And there's, of course, there's a lot of movement in that area property-wise. There might be a change here or there as far as location, but it won't move far. It'll still be in that vicinity because Huntington's trying to revitalize uh, several parcels of land. So, The baseball park might be part of a a different parcel. But it seemed like it was ready to go in 2019 with the, the land they have decided on. We'll see what the new athletic director has to say, what the city has to say, because I'm sure he's going to want to have his input. And I don't think this thing is set in stone just yet where it's going to be. I'm confident it's going to get done. I just don't know when. Uh, it might be another two or three years because he's got to still get some fundraising going to get it up the spec. And yeah, you know, you're getting into a new conference. So, you know, that's going to be important. It might not be the highest priority, but it's really high up on his list, I'm sure.
1: It, it, I would assume that it has to be just because of you're playing at a YMCA facility right now, and you're moving conferences to what appears to be kind of higher profile baseball conference. Uh, but to stick with the baseball stadium here, just one more question: uh, What is the uh, the difference in Have they fully abandoned? Because I heard rumors they had fully abandoned the site that they did the groundbreaking on, and everything is that is that not been fully confirmed yet, or, or are they still trying to mingle, trying to figure out where? they want to put it and second part to that i know in the press conference he talked about meeting the mayor steve williams and that being one of the topics that they first said something about obviously steve williams i believe getting close to uh, his final term as mayor so it's something that he wants to get done before he's out of office
4: well he did make a promise before he was out of office before his um, his term was up there will be a baseball park that's a big statement and he gets reminded about it constantly. I'm probably the person who reminds him the most, but he made that statement. This is going to be something that will be done before I'm done. And so you got a couple of years left, two or three years left to get this really going. And to your first question, as far as have they abandoned the site, I drive by every you know, every so often, the sign is still there, future home, heard baseball, it's got the, the nice rendering there. So they haven't moved the sign yet. Uh, again, it's just going to ultimately come down to, are they going to change you know, any plans? I haven't heard anything solid or official. So until further notice, that's the baseball site. The site still has the sign. You drive by. It could use a little upkeep, but you know, really, they're not going to do any work until they're ready to do work on it.
2: And Paul, uh, Jeff O'Malley was a big part of the the uh, school moving from Conference USA to the Sun Belt. And I know he has a background with Spears, so do you think he'll stick around or do you think he'll probably move
4: on? I think Jeff's going to stick around for the uh, immediate future. I don't think he's got any uh, you know, short-term plans to leave. If you, you know, listen to uh, Spears, he has a good working relationship with Jeff. They, they have knowledge of each other, so they've known each other for a while. You know, this isn't someone he just met, so you know, there's that familiarity there. Jeff is taking point, it seems, on the legal matters at hand here. I don't think there's going to be a change there. He's definitely been at the forefront of that, so I don't think that continues. And Spears said he's looking forward to working with Jeff, and he's, you know, he's confident that they're going to sit together, figure out what each one does best, and they're going to work from there. So it doesn't sound like he's planning on, you know, making a change there. It doesn't seem like Jeff O'Malley's going anywhere, and if, Jeff Leeds, I think it'll be of Jeff's own, you know, volition. He's gonna leave if he wants to leave, but I don't think that's happening.
5: Now let's uh, transition into the lawsuit between uh, Marshall and Conference USA and just want to start with uh for those that might not be familiar with it for our listeners and viewers, um, the time frame of it all if you can share with us.
4: We're gonna find out here in a few weeks. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna meet back in court and We'll hear everything out. Right now, Marshall's got his temporary restraining order, its injunction, it's going to go to court, they're going to hear this thing out, and it, it sounds like Marshall's got the grounds to, to pull this off. It, it seems like Marshall was smart to file this in Cabell County. Yeah, And I think the other schools maybe are waiting to see how this plays out, but it looks like Marshall is going to play this out through the court system and it's got a good hand to play. Conference USA has indicated that it's going to, you know, seek full, you know, you know, it's going to take all its legal options as well. Use them. I think Marshall's got a good case here just because it's home court. You're playing in Cabell County. You're you're in front of a judge. Now I'm not saying the judge is biased, but I I would rather be in court in Huntington than it would in Dallas. Um,
1: So obviously other teams have said, The day that Marshall released the statement that they were going to leave Conference USA about three or four weeks or so ago, on that Friday afternoon, the two other schools from Conference USA followed suit the same way, did the same thing. Have they followed suit and filed lawsuits in their local jurisdictions yet, or do you know that?
4: Not my knowledge. I'm not sure if they are going to until they see how this plays out, because if Marshall wins this, then they can go and file their lawsuit and say, look, here's what happened in Cabell County, here's what happened with Marshall. And I think those other two schools are maybe just waiting to see what happens with this lawsuit. Marshall probably, you know, felt like it had the best shot of going first. You know, the lawyers there definitely are laying it out. If you've read the case, uh, they're laying out where Conference USA's language is weak. There's really not a penalty for early withdrawal. Conference USA has been pretty lax in the past as far as enforcing its own bylaws. Marshall's also indicated that the bylaws and this arbitration clause not included when Marshall signed on to the conference uh, back in 2005 so Marshall's playing this out trying to figure out uh, if uh, you know it can force uh, the league's hand and I think they've got a good shot at it here I really you know think they got a good case
2: Paul last question here uh, do you think there's a reason I guess why Marshall's been like the leader out of these three schools do you think maybe it has to do with just like Marshall as a school is maybe more valued to Conference USA than a Southern Miss and Old Dominion? Or do you just think uh, maybe Marshall's been the quickest to want to leave and kind of been the leader among those three schools?
4: I think Marshall's just been uh, quicker. You you get someone like Jeff O'Malley who is, you know, with a law background, he's able to to lead the, the charge. I think you have a president that wants to transition into the Sun Belt, a board of governors that wants to transition into the Sun Belt a lot quicker. Right. It's one year. I, d- I don't know why Conference USA and Marshall just can't come to terms because Marshall indicated several times you know, to the league, "Hey, we want to we want to leave early. You know, let's sit down, talk this over. You know, come to terms." Apparently, Conference USA didn't want to do that. So, and Marshall basically felt, "Okay, you know, we got a good hand here. We can." You know, we can leave. We've indicated to the league we're leaving. We've given them plenty of notice. Don't put us on a schedule. And I I think that a lot of it, plus, you know, negotiation for television contract. You want to, you know, get into a situation where if the other schools are able to get out and you're not, you know, you don't want to be the last one in Conference USA. Uh, I I wouldn't want to be in Conference USA that final year either. Sunbelt's a lot better situation. So I I can see where Marshall's just a little antsy. Plus, Marshall's got a spot. That's the thing. Those other schools don't have necessarily a place to go yet. They've got to play the string out, whereas Marshall can jump right in. Uh, James Madison, those other schools, Old Dominion, Southern Miss, if they can jump right in, Marshall wants to jump right in with them, they've got a landing spot. So it's not you're waiting for your spot to open. It's there. They just want to get to it now.
1: All right, Paul Swan, our guest, thanks for coming on with us for a few minutes. I know you got to jump over to a uh, Herd Women's Basketball Zoom. Tell Coach Kemper we said hello.
4: I will tell Coach Camper you guys said hello, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, in a few days, uh, you know we'll find some more stuff out. Uh, I'll ju- jump back in with you guys.
1: All right, thanks, Paul. Paul Swan, our guest of ESPN ninety four point one in Huntington, covers the Thundering Herd uh, in all aspects there in Huntington. bringing you guys back in. Obviously, uh, this ongoing lawsuit's just a flowing situation. Every every other day, you know something could come out about it. But the fact that Marshall has taken the lead here. Kind of as, you know, as you asked that question there to Paul, it's kind of a a weird thing that ODU or Southern Miss have not filed one yet. I'm assuming they're just waiting to see if it's even worth it.
2: Yeah, I would presume if Marshall wins this case, uh, which it looks like they might based on what Paul's telling us, then maybe those schools jump in. But maybe they just weren't as familiar with how the law works. You know, he talked a lot about Jeff O'Malley's background with that. so. Maybe they were just kind of waiting to see how the first one went down before they filed their lawsuit. Uh, but I would expect all three schools end up going in this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, James Madison has already announced their entrance in. They will become full-time mem- – well, not, I guess not technically full-time members. They can't commit or compete for championships because they're moving up, at least in football I know, from the FCS level to the FBS level. So I think they're just joining to get out. Of see the Colonial Athletic Conference where they've been shunned from all tournaments, all championships, starting with these next these next spring sports. So I think that's a chance for them to just get acclimated to FBS level, the higher level, the Group of Five per se level in Division One uh, for a season before they kind of make their big entrance with uh, the number of scholarships they have to up their teams to and stuff like that. Obviously, James Madison, a regional kind of regionally friendly here for Marshall. And those could be some big football games as the years for the years to come.
2: Yeah, I think regionally wise, the Sun Belt makes a lot of sense. Not only do you have JMU coming in and Old Dominion and still a little bit of a rivalry Southern Miss, but they'll probably end up, I would think, in the Western Division. Uh, but, you know, you have App State, who's developed a little bit of a rivalry with Marshall Coastal Carolina. These are much closer schools than what the Thundering Herd are right now playing in Conference USA besides, like, Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, I mean, and, and Charlotte. You have a lot of long trips to Florida International, Florida Atlantic. Texas. Yeah, well, that's in the Western Division. But just from a football perspective, you know, teams you have to play every year so. You know, overall, I think it's just a better move, and the conference seems to be going in a much better direction than CUSA is going at this point. Because CUSA looks like it's turning into what the Sun Belt used to be, yeah, which was kind of the transition conference for a lot of FCS schools.
1: And um, looking at the uh, projected, I'm not too sure if this is officially from the Sun Belt, uh, but it looks like it's going to be eight teams per conference. The furthest west in The Eastern Conference will be Troy and Alabama, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Coastal Carolina, App State, ODU, James Madison, and Marshall. Western Division will be South Alabama, Southern Miss, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, University of Louisiana at Monroe, Texas State, University of Texas Arlington, or Austin, excuse me, and Little Rock, University of Arkansas at Little Rock, and then Arkansas State. So those divisions are very well geographically made.
2: Yeah, and and that's not official because obviously those schools haven't officially been uh, put in the conference yet, so they can't make the divisions until, I guess, they're officially in the conference. But that's kind of like when most people That's the projected
1: division starting – was originally supposed to be the projected division starting July 1, 2023. I'm not too sure how this plays out if Marshall, uh, Southern Miss, and and ODU don't join this year. I don't know how that works out. But I believe I read somewhere that – as I just mentioned, James Madison can't compete for a conference championship in football, at least uh, because they're trying to still uh, get get up to the the FCS level or FBS level from the FCS level.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much the sanctions that I remember hearing.
1: It takes a whole year to fully join or to fully. Oh, I, I just up. meant
2: the Colonial wasn't allowing yeah. them to. Well,
1: they weren't there. allowing in the Colonial, but I think it also take you have to have something to when you right. jump up from FCS to FBS. There's a waiting period, I guess, to say. Interesting.
5: I don't know. I don't fully agree with that, but if that's the rule, then I guess they have to follow it. it just sounds like a dumb rule to me. Yeah,
6: Any I thoughts? mean, that that's the rule they've had for uh, probably about around a decade now, I think, because, you know, over the last 10 years or so, there's been a lot of expansion and realignment in, you know, major Division One college athletics. So, yeah, I think for, for football, it's two years, I think, before you can officially compete for a conference championship for basketball it's four so it's a longer time for for basketball schools to really make that full transition i mean you're, you're seeing a couple schools right now that have made the jump from you know d2 or a lower level to d1 so it takes a little longer for basketball football it's about two years to transition from fcs to fbs so jmad might might take a little while to to get there but you know that should be something interesting to keep an eye on moving forward
1: All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living. It is family-owned and operated and located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. We come back after this two-minute break. We'll continue college athletics talk. We'll talk Shepard, preview their games tonight in uh, college hoops in the conference championship uh, tournament. Uh, We'll preview that next. We'll talk a little Mountaineers and then a big weekend of upsets in college basketball in the top top ten. That's all after this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.
4: I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com.
0: Hi, Kresha Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the eastern panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is better known and managed. Please call us at 262-4222,
3: modernrealtyresults.com. WBU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. We're now accepting new patients at all four convenient locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, and Winchester. WBU Heart and Vascular Institute World-Class Heart Care close to home.
0: Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
6: I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you the Slim Shadies are just imitating, so I'm the real Slim Shady.
0: Stand up. Stand up.
5: Stand
1: up. I'm Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 on TV 10 and com- on Comcast Channel 10 in Berkeley and Jefferson County, as well as streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook. Spencer Pui, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern Avery Newport running things on the TV 10 side and here to give us the Shepherd Report, a, a final regular season weekend in Shepherd Hoops. Uh, one team got the win the other team didn't get the win both teams though will be in action tonight in the first round of the pennsylvania state athletic conference basketball championship tournaments
6: yeah the rams uh were uh somewhat successful a little unsuccessful on the road to end their regular seasons against mansfield this past saturday the women's team won on the road i believe 67 63 was the final uh the men's team lost 75 68 65 68 65 there you go um the men's team was not as successful. They lost seventy-five to sixty-eight. So and the women's team
1: had to do it from a big night from Sydney Clayton, thirty-four points. Only, thirty-four points. Only two points from Abby Beeman. She went zero for nine from the field, two for four from the charity stripe. Had one board. She had ten assists though, uh, to go along with three steals and just two points on the night. Hannah Myers with four points. Megan Shipley was six points, twelve from Marley McLaughlin, and then as I mentioned, thirty-four points—a double-double from Cindy Clayton, ten boards. Did I hear correctly
5: during your sports report that it was her tenth double-double of the year? Yes, her tenth double-double. See, I listen sometimes.
1: Yeah, there you go. But Shepard used a twenty-two-point third quarter to really get the victory there. Uh, they outscored in the third quarter Mansfield twenty-two to fourteen, so a big victory heading into uh, the PSAC. Tournament championship or the tournament and the men's side, unfortunately, they fell. Didn't have a great night from Daggett is what you were saying.
6: Yeah, Kyle Daggett, who's been the number one option for the Rams offensively for the last few games, kind of fell flat. uh Guard play was not great as well either. And you know, defensively, the Rams kind of left a little to be desired. Again, this Mansfield team, despite their their subpar record on the season this year, is actually one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Justice Smith, their starting forward. Is one of the score highest scoring players in the league, so they score a lot of points, but their defense is pretty far and away the worst defense in the conference this year, hence their five and twenty three record now. So you know they there are they are an offense that can score a lot of points, but the Rams just really could not find a way to counter offensively uh, against this Mansfield attack. Yeah, definitely. And, You're uh, giving a weird look. There. No, I was so, looking at the on?
1: topics email that was sent. I never got a chance to look at it. Was a bit little busy earlier. Uh, but yeah, so men's in action tonight against at Westchester for a 7 p.m. tip. Uh, Shepherd one and one in the men's side versus Westchester got a five-point win, seventy to sixty-five, back on March or January 31st, excuse me, and then February second away they lost by thirteen, seventy to fifty-seven. So a home victory, road loss. Uh, it seems like Shepard is not good men's wise on the road. They are three and ten on the road, nine and six at
6: home. Yeah, it's kind of a troubling statistic there, isn't it? And yeah. especially considering that They'll this game... They'll
1: have to be road warriors if they even want to make it you that know, past
6: the first round. This game gonna... is a road game, the opener of the PSAC tournament, and they have to go on the road to play a team that they lost to pretty substantially by on the road. That's kind of been the trend for the men's team this year is that... They can play with most of the teams that they play at home. You know, most of the games they play at home are quite close. Sometimes there are even blowouts, big wins, like we saw against Millersville, Bloomsburg last week. They're able to beat teams and pretty good teams uh, at home with consistency. And it's not the same story on the road. I mean,
1: yeah, but they did. So, so if they were to beat Westchester, which on the men's side it would still it would be uh, it'd be chalk to beat them because. It, or no, they'd be it'd be a four versus five, excuse me, matchup there. Uh, they would have to be travel to number one Millersville, and for being, as I said, three and ten on the road when they went to Millersville, so totally different part of the season. Obviously, January fifth, they only lost by four, 75 to seventy one, and then as you just mentioned recently on the sixteenth of February, beat Millersville eighty nine to seventy one at home. So it's not a horrible matchup.
6: No, it's not. I mean, again, we If they seen, were to win tonight. Right. It's a team that they've beaten before, and not just beaten. They played probably their best game of the season against Millersville a couple weeks ago. So, you know, there's a little bit of a precedent there that, hey, maybe we can hang with this team. The number one team in the division, they already got a bye to the quarterfinals, right? I mean, they've played them close twice the, the second game they won outright. So they certainly have a chance. But again, it's that road game that really is concerning because they're three and ten on the road as you mentioned a lot of the teams that they've beaten at home in the conference this year they've lost to by pretty large margins on the road so you know it's it's good that the rams played them close on the road played millersville close on the road when they did play but it's no guarantee that they're even going to get there because first they have to beat westchester on the road who's also one of the highest scoring teams in the conference this year
2: and that's kind of the thing about this conference tournament i mean you're going on the road and you're also going to be on road for all of the tournament, unless the sixth seed makes it to the uh, championship. So, I mean, for Shepard, they're in a winner go home situation already, and they're being road warriors, and they got to run the table to have any chance to dance in March. So, I mean, it, it's a big test. I mean, opposed to at Division One, it's a huge test, but yeah. at Division One, at least you're at a neutral site, you're not traveling for all these games, now you got to account for traveling and being one of the lower seeds in the tournament. So it's it's very tough for Shepard, but, again, if they were – or you look at it and they've beaten both these teams that they'll have to play in the first two rounds if, again, they win tonight, which will be a, a tough game. Um, so it is possible for Shepard, but it, it's going to be a very tough test.
1: And uh, now moving over to the women's side, a game that we'll have tonight on TV10, WR and RTV on YouTube, 6 p.m. tip, 5.30 pregame from the Butcher Center. Uh, Shepherd hosts Westchester, 2-0 against them on the season, got a 82-56 victory at the Butcher Center uh, back on the 31st of January, then February 2nd at Westchester, 165-47. Uh, you know, it's still going to be a test because it's, you know, it's a conference – tournament everything kind of gets different there in the conference tournament but it it seems like a winnable game here for Shepard and Abby Beeman needs to have a good night in order for that to really happen because it seems like she'll have a bad night then she'll bounce back relatively quickly but it's a conference tournament anything can happen uh obviously Shepard wants to get the victory they will then have to travel to number two
6: uh Bloomsburg on I think it's Wednesday yeah it's Wednesday yeah, they'll. I mean, this this is a team in Westchester that the Rams have beaten twice. You know, this is a Westchester team that uh, has certainly struggled this year. They're in the conference tournament, but they really only have one sort of star player of note, Leah Johnson. She's their starting point guard. She's really carried that Westchester team most of this season, and the Rams have done a good job in the two times that they've played them this year of kind of shutting her down and preventing her from. From uh, hitting a lot of threes or distributing the ball very well, she's got a great mid-range game, very good jump shooter. But when the Rams played him at the Butcher Center, I was there for the call of that game. They shut her down defensively. Shepard was was all over Westchester in that game. The Rams uh, just completely stifled him. So that's a good sign, you know. Uh, but again, it's very hard to beat one team three times in the same season. So I'm sure Westchester is going to pull out all the stops. You know, they're the six seed in the eastern division they're the lowest seed that's uh currently in this conference tournament so they're going to have something to prove you know shepherd really wants to make a run here and try and and make a good case for the ncaa tournament and they're going to have to start by playing a good well-rounded game against westchester and as you mentioned it starts with abby beeman rebounding from a poor performance one of her poorest performances of the season I would say probably of her career yeah Or starting career at least two points missed every field goal I believe oh of nine yeah. was that correct yeah yeah so you know not a good game at all for her and she is sort of similar to uh the men's team in a lot of ways in that she has some great games at home in the butcher center when she's got the crowd behind her and everything on the road sometimes she really just disappears she's got to work on that Consistency. Even though this game is at home, that's something that she's got to work on because for the rest. Be of the on term. the road next time. That's right. I mean, they, this is they, their only, only guaranteed home
1: game. one home game uh, with not locking up one of the top two seeds in the East Division. Uh, let's move on now to West Virginia. I know Collins kind of lost the the focus that he had on them as you know walk, trying to watch every game, trying to be in tune on every game, uh, and they were they. Fared pretty well against a Texas team that's ranked number, or at least was going into the, the game ranked number 20th in the country. Uh, they only lost by one, and they stormed back in the second half to score, outscore uh, Texas 44-39, to 39, but unfortunately came up one-point losers, 82-81, to 14-15 on the season now, I um, believe 3-13 in the conference the uh, losers of six in a row and they've got a game tomorrow and then the final regular season game against TCU on Saturday. Uh, so it'd be nice if they could wrap up the regular season with two wins to give them a little bit of momentum heading into the conference tournament. But I mean, just to, to beat or to lose to Texas, the number 20 team in the country uh, by one is probably going to help your confidence a little bit. They lost by 15 in the first outing.
5: Yeah. At home though, it's still a loss. And when you've done, for the most part, pretty well at the Coliseum. It's frustrating that this team still finds ways to lose. I've kind of given them or given up on them for the most part this year. They're just not a fun basketball team to watch. Even teams that lose, there's still something that you could find positive-wise that you might want to watch to see how either a specific person does or a type of offense that they run, defense that they run to keep them. But this team just doesn't seem like they're clicking this year there's a lot of i think fighting inside of it i, I don't know i don't want to allege anything but the only way for them to get the march and that's what matters since it the month starts tomorrow and the big dance is two three weeks away now is winning the conference tournament and i don't think that's going to be possible being the eighth or ninth seed in this conference
1: yeah definitely and it was a, not a transition just college hoops overall it was a huge weekend of upsets uh, what was it? Seven, seven of the seven nine games, top ten teams. Yes, that seven played. of the nine top ten teams upset, including a, a Big Ten team or a Big Twelve team, excuse me. Uh, Texas Tech falling to TCU. Texas Tech was number nine. They lost sixty nine to sixty six to TCU. I thought you were
5: going to mention the one that was higher. What? Kansas.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to get there, but I was starting up there. I was starting at the there, and then number five, Kansas lost to number ten Baylor, eighty to seventy. I mean, yeah, the top you know, number five team loses to number ten team, but I mean you're still ranked there in the top ten. Yeah. It is considered an upset, but those teams are more on the caliber of each other. Yes. Than you see a TCU and a Texas tech.
5: Yeah, and I but, think the latest bracketology that I saw might have Kansas and Baylor as one seeds now.
1: There you go. That. Uh but other teams losing Kentucky lost by 2.7573 to number 18 Arkansas uh, Purdue number 4 pra- falls to Michigan State 68-65 number 3 Auburn loses to number 17 Tennessee 67-62 number 2 Arizona lost to Colorado 79-63 and the number 1 team in the country Gonzaga falls to number 23 St. Mary's 67-57 I believe 3 of them let me 1 2 Three of them were three or less point, you know, one one possession performances there, or I guess four of them.
5: And was it two or three of them to unranked teams?
1: It was one, two, three of them to unranked teams. But I mean, other than that, you had a 10-point loss there for Gonzaga, a 16-point loss for Arizona to Colorado, um, a five-point loss to, for Auburn to, to Tennessee, and then a 10-point loss there for Kansas. To baylor so you know you had your close games but you also had games that were a few possessions at the end of the ballgame
5: what i tell you guys a couple weeks ago come march don't trust the west coast teams it's not march yes, you can't it's it's, it's still February. i know but
2: <laughs> arizona's <laughs>
5: starting to show signs and gonzaga they were playing signs. west
2: coast teams though because they're playing teams in their i know offense. but but anyway um you know it was interesting. I know if you bet a hundred dollars, I saw, and you faded the top six on Saturday, you on thirty-two thousand. I don't think anybody a, did that. Some it was better, the first time $520, did that. better turns five hundred twenty dollar
1: better turns five hundred twenty dollar wager into forty thousand by correctly uh, predicting three college basketball
5: upsets. Wow! It they was the first time in
1: put the money line on Colorado, St. Mary's, and TCU. Hmm.
5: It was the first time in or they basketball. <laughs> that all top six teams lost on the same day first time yeah. in AP poll history so I mean, 1941 that, that is just that, crazy to that's me. never happened
1: yeah it's never happened at all uh but that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We come back after this break. We'll wrap things up, talking some caps and some wizards, and maybe we'll throw in some uh MLB in there as they still have yet to come to a deal on the CBA. And you know what that means? No baseball. One month from now, we're not starting baseball. But well, we'll be back in two minutes to discuss that and wrap up the sports mix.
3: Safety doesn't come from owning a handgun. It's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off of I-81 Exit 5 at Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on the six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Valley Guns 2 will conduct these classes on February 26 and March 12 at their Inwood location. Master the basics with Basic Handgun 1, taught by NRA-certified instructors. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or call 304-229-4411.
0: You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
1: Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your Monday. February 28th, the end of February here. Segment sponsored in part by the Marriott's Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors John Everson and Phil McCoy, who was on Easter Payne. And he'll talk this morning. Uh, call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Spencer, Penick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport. Running things on the TV 10 side today, as always. Happy to have you with us as we close things out on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, We'll talk a little caps, some wizards, and uh, I guess we'll uh, give a prediction about if the MLB will ever start this season. Uh, But first, we'll talk, uh, talk some caps. They fell on... Saturday afternoon to the Flyers, 2-1. T.J. Oshie, in his second game since his return, got back in the scoring column with his first goal in a very long time, assisted by Backstrom and Kuznetsov, but the Caps gave up two in the first and couldn't overcome those two, falling 2-1, and now 28-17-9 on the season. Uh, They are currently fourth in the Metropolitan Division. They've now lost two straight, five and five in their last 10. Uh, The hottest team in the Metro Division, right behind them, the Columbus Blue Jackets, seven and three in their last 10. Uh, Penguins, six and three and one in their last 10 as well. Hurricanes are six, two and two in their last 10, winning five straight here. Uh, Canadians winning five in a row as well. Um, Lightning, seven and two and one as well in there in the Eastern Division but they tonight they face off against the Toronto Maple Leafs 7:30 that is the puck drop 7:15 you can hear the pregame show with John Walton back in the saddle now for his third game uh doing play by play after taking the Olympic break calling some Olympics up there uh but the Caps it seems like they just can't kind of find anything they've actually reassigned Vitek Vanacek to the Miners He's being reassigned for conditioning, so he'll be back soon. Uh, Phoenix Copley there as well, so the Caps uh, looking to uh, get Vanacek back rather soon from the injured list. Uh, But tonight's going to be a tough one against the Maple Leafs, and uh, Caps really need to get back on the winning side of things.
5: Yeah, the Capitals, I think it's, uh, as fans and as the team, time to get a little bit worried because uh, the points that you made are the points that I'm going to use for that reasoning. Um, they lost the past two games coming off this break. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And as you said, Spencer, the hottest team in the NHL right now, I think is what you said. It might have just been the Metro, but I think it was NHL.
1: No, it's is, the Metro.
5: Is it just the Metro? Okay. Well, still. The Blue Jackets? hottest team is the one right behind you when you're fighting with for a wild one, card spot. With
1: one loss right behind you. But yeah, I that, guess points wise, they're, but points wise, they're ten points behind Still, them because the Caps have lost. It's time to eight. start
5: worrying. This yeah. team is not competing like they they should be with the stars and that they have.
1: Gets worse. Guess who they play on Thursday? Number one team in the Metro, the Hurricanes. So, then they'll play the Kraken on Saturday. That'll be an interesting game. Seven PM start there in DC. They do get some home cooking, but they haven't been good at home lately. So. Things that'll have to happen for them to get victories is play better on home ice, play some better defense. Uh, and some, you know, Wizards are also kind of the same direction the Caps are going right now. They've fallen again. They fell on Saturday by six points to the Cavs. They uh, kept the Cavs under a hundred, and they I feel like it's been a while since they've kept a the team under a hundred points. Um they lost ninety-two to eighty six to the Cavs. Friday night they lost an overtime to the Spurs, one fifty-seven, one fifty-three. Uh now they're still in eleventh place, uh, one behind of the uh, tenth seed there for the play-in tournament. But twelve, they're twelve and seventeen away and fifteen and six at home, so not even five hundred anywhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is with the Wizards. I mean, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing Porzingis come in. See what whatever that'll do. be. Yeah, it should be soon, right? That's what we keep hearing, but it hasn't. But it's Porzingis. Yeah, I, I still believe in him though. I like his potential, so I want to see how he fits in with this team, and then if Bradley Beal going to be back next year. Because I, I mean, even if the Wizards make the play-in or they get the eighth seed, like they're not going to do they're anything. They're going to get an eighth seed. Yeah, yeah. You might win a game. So probably not. Probably not, but you might. And you know. There's not much to look for in terms of playoffs. Whether they make the playoffs or not, it doesn't matter. You're trying to evaluate the players this year, see what Weston Jr. can do with this team, because I think it's big for him, too, to really establish himself as a solid coach that can bring this team to a good level. So you do want to see them win, but you know this year the, the playoff success won't be there yet.
1: You got anything?
5: Not really much on the Wizards. I've been trying to uh, follow along as best as I can, but more or less been focused on the uh, Celtics who are playing some good ball right now. We did get to see them
1: completely terrorize the uh, Wizards about a month ago now, but uh, we're getting ready to wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, MLB still hasn't come to a final. They haven't struck a deal yet. Um, I don't know if it was 12 a.m. this morning or... Tonight at 11.59 that they're not going to cancel games. But obviously, I'm not too sure if they're meeting right now. But if you had to make a prediction, for right now at this current time period, will the MLB be playing?
2: When will they be playing this year? I think they'll play 100 games this year. think 100 games? When do you got a start date? I don't know. When Whatever it takes to get 100 games in. That won't be the start date.
6: Start in May. You're thinking May. I think probably around June. June seems realistic. I'm thinking too. late
5: May, early gotta
1: June. Because you got to have a
6: spring training. you got to have at know? least a month of spring training. you got to so fit I'm that thinking, in somewhere.
1: I'm thinking late May, early June at the earliest there. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Our broadcast schedule this week tonight will be at Shepard for the PSAC Women's Basketball Tournament. First round as Shepard host Westchester. Tomorrow, boys, Sectional, section one semifinal, number three spring mills at number two Martinsburg in the region, one region two final on Wednesday, spring mills at Washington. Then Friday, the section one championship at Hedgesville. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to our guest, Paul Swan, for coming on. For Colin and Nick, our intern, Avery Newport, I'm Spencer Bruce saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.